0: Partner Adam Sunhalter. We're business partners with a company called Maximum Value Partners, and the purpose of us being here tonight and every Wednesday night at seven thirty is to talk about small business. And we absolutely love the small business world. We've been coaching companies uh, from one to twenty-five employees, Adam and I, for over fifteen years. And what we do, we we try to have a lot of fun with them, but more importantly. The outcomes of of these small business owners who who, uh, are coached by us basically get a tremendous lift and their companies are successful, defined as growing, sustainable profits. They know how to make business happen. They know how to make profits happen after they spend a little time with us. And you can, too, folks. Small Business is fun. We're aimed at the owners of small businesses or those of you who would like to take the jump into a small business, perhaps a startup, perhaps an acquisition, uh, transitions of many, many types and kinds. We've dealt with just about everything in 15 years. So, what do you think, Adam? How is that rainbow looking today?
1: Fantastic. It's something like coming out of a rainstorm and seeing a fantastic rainbow. Looks like it's coming straight out of the ground. Just uh, brings a smile to your face and, and everything's going to be okay. The sun's shining and, and looking good, Jack. Good. So, yeah, we like to cover everything small business on here. I'm not sure if rainbows and small business go together, but what the heck? Rainbows go with just about everything, Jack. So sure they do. That's sure. a good part of it. So, we like to, to, to talk about business think about business heck we even dream about business you know and it's very true not only for us we know it's true for many of our clients the owners of those small companies that it's on their minds 24 7 and it could be very good things like rainbows or it could be some not so good things uh, like the downpour or, or lightning or, or, or storm on the front but it's often something that's, that dominates their, their thinking their minds and, and this is gear to be kind of that weekly respite from that, and to give some answers and some insight, to give you some comfort, to know that whatever you're going through, that other folks have gone through it before, been through it before as well. So you're always welcome to be part of the show. As Jack mentioned, we're here every, every Wednesday from 7.30 to 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we're live here in the studio, and the, the way to get hold of us here is 440-946-9468. Again, 440-946-9468. So you can get us every Wednesday from 730 to 830. Even if you're listening on podcast, you can call in during that time and get a hold of us here. We'd love to hear some of your how questions, reactions to some of the things that Jack and I are talking about. Get some of your stories. We have plenty of stories to share, not only from our own personal experience, but as Jack, uh, Jack had mentioned, we've been coaching owners of small companies for about 15 years. And we've met with and worked with hundreds of, of folks, probably met with more, more than that, probably met with thousands of them. And we've been through it. We, we, we've seen what, you know, what it takes to be successful. We know what some of the struggles are, the common challenges are. And we've got answers and guides to those. And part we like to do is share those stories as part of our show here, to help you so in addition to to be able to, to call us here in the studio we're also getting more active on the Twitter sphere, and we've got a couple different handles out there one for our company which is at maximum vp and then if you want to reach each of us personally you can do that as well at, at jack m MVP, or at adam sunhalter so you can reach us that way uh, we also take emails at radio at MaximumVP.com or if you want to hit up our website MaximumVP.com forward slash how nice little form will pop up there and you can submit your question um, or your response whatever you might, might, might want to kind of get up there we had one of those last week that we, we spent some time going through uh, from a fellow up in, in the New York area who had a, had a how question for us so we'd love to have you be part of the show. Um, There's really, again, you know, there's no question or or challenge we haven't kind of been through. And love to be able to give some insights to whatever you're going through at this point.
0: Yeah, we can help. We know we can help. We've helped so many people, so many owners of small businesses, so many startups. Uh, We can help you, too, and
1: try to have some fun doing it. So we've said a few times already tonight the word how, H-O-W. And that's really what we tend to focus on is we help people get unstuck from what we call that state of how. The state of how being how questions that they have as it relates to how do I do this? How do I make this happen? How do I deal with this situation? A lot of how questions that are going on out there. And there are a lot of common ones, and Jack and I have listed hundreds of these, and there's more every week. Because often they're dealing with similar challenges or problems or opportunities, but the way they frame it and the way they come about getting to that is made through a little different how question. So part of the magic of the how question, we try to kind of throw different ones out there to see which ones start to resonate that, that make sense to you and try to help you that way. So we've got, we've got a good one here to start with tonight, and I know it's something that um, might seem a little... Not the word I'm looking for. Maybe not as exciting as we think it's going to be because it's a, at our standpoint, it's a very exciting topic. We get excited about a lot of weird stuff from most people's take, but it's not weird, especially <laughs> when, when, they're,
0: when they're in the midst of it. So many small business owners don't know what they don't know. So they're, they're frustrating trying to reinvent certain things and approaches and talking to people who also don't know, and the net result is a lot of frustration. And when they engage us and we're talking, basically we we start to bring clarity to a situation that they're wrestling with, and all of a sudden there's these aha moments that, oh, okay, yeah. that's how it works, and that's how we can start talking to to you owners of small businesses. That's, the, that's what the how questions do. Well, that's me, what let, they're all about.
1: Let me do a little better job of teeing it up and get excited, Jack. So <laughs> this is usually a question, actually, that comes from Jack or I, okay, in terms of... Um, Question that 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 we want to ask because it comes to, to the point where somebody maybe isn't making as much profit as, as they would like, or they think that they should be making on their on their uh, on their work. And so we we'll often ask them. It'll be how question that that the that that, that that Jack and I will ask them, and that is how do you set your selling price? Mm, good one. Because the the, the 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 clients maybe don't quite ask it ask it that way, Jack. That's kind of what we're getting to, which is again, how do you set your selling price? How do you do that? And so, you know, we often like to to, to to reference Family Feud here, and you have like kind of a top three or top five answers on the board, you know. And there are a lot of answers out there that we hear quite a bit, but there are certainly quite a few that really tend to dominate when it comes to setting selling price,
0: right? Sounds simple, and it's basically fundamental to every business, big or small. You have to, as the owner or the CEO, whoever's in charge, basically has to set a selling price. That uh, Selling price has to do a lot of things. The most important, it has to be high enough to be able to maintain a profit. And it, it just isn't one price, one decision, and you're good for the rest of your life. It's something that has to be constantly monitored and analyzed. And it may, uh, it may go down a little bit based on some competitive situations, and it may go up with some opportunities. So... It's a very dynamic number, and most people, we'd be willing to bet anybody,
1: don't have a friggin' clue. Well, where does it normally start? So picture, picture being a startup, you're getting ready, uh, you, you've got some expertise in, in crafting or, or designing or developing your product or service. And we like to ask a lot of really simple questions, Jack
0: yeah we do does that mean we're simple minded
1: no I think it takes brilliance to be able to take very complex things and break them down to very simple components I'll agree with that I'll agree with our simple questions. <laughs> not that we're always brilliant but we have, we, have, we have some moments of clarity here and there but one of the questions we like to ask when you're getting started with something or do people try to figure this out they're trying to figure out what, you know, what, you know, what should I charge for this well hey can, can you give it away now again that might sound kind of simple or stupid right? Well, what do you mean can I give it away well, if you can't give it away, you certainly can't charge anybody for it, right? Okay, but,
0: that's a good that's a good baseline, isn't it?
1: So, if you can't give the thing away, you know what? It's probably time to to move on to some different product or service because nobody really really wants it. Now, we've had clients like that that, 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 that we started that way. We had a client probably probably it's probably been six six seven years ago, where he had an idea. He, would, he you know he's a more technology guy and he had idea he had this idea for this. You know, Technology is was, was kind of a software product, uh, for lack of a better term, it's kind of a data mining product, right? And one of the challenges, whenever you have a new product or service, especially if it's kind of a newer market as well, educating the market can be such a pain. Oh, and try to it's explain one of the hardest
0: challenges there is.
1: Now, it's something that Jack and I had some trouble with you know, 15 years ago, starting a coaching company, is people really hadn't heard of business coaching that you know, that it, it was maybe more popular on the coast, as many things are, and kind of was working its way towards the middle. But being here in the great you know, Midwest of Cleveland, uh, Cleveland, Ohio, the idea of a business coach wasn't really kind of very common. And so we had to spend some time trying to educate people about what coaching was about. And what we find is, you know, many. It's about why we ask this question about kind of giving it away. Until somebody experiences your product or service, that often will speak volumes to it, you know. So, you know, you know, Jack, you know, when you and I were first starting to do this, we weren't giving it away. We were pretty much almost giving it away to folks because we wanted to kind of show. Here's what this is like. We wanted and to show them and show ourselves
0: too. You you have to crawl before you walk is that what they say and you know you you have to test your market in different ways well no better way than to have people start to use it and then go from there and if you're able to get some success you grow on that success and you start to uh, certainly pay attention to your profitability and your investment in the business and basically uh, it allows you to now to move up and start to set a selling price for this stuff
1: so let me give you a very simple example. You know, there, there are different popular things that kind of go around, you know, uh, from month to month or year to year. And one of the most popular things that's lasted for several months is something that's called a fidget spinner. You know, I'm sure most people know about it. I'm, I don't have one with me, but they're, they're, they're a lot of fun. You know, one of our daughter's friends left one at our house the other day, and I'm sitting there talking to my wife, and I'm, I'm just spinning the thing, and she's laughing at me. She's like, you're liking that thing, aren't you? I go, well, you know, it's just kind of... It's very soothing just to kind of say something spin like <laughs> that, right? But it's a very simple little toy that you know you hit it, and kind of spins, and you hold it in your hand. And so trying to picture the first person who who designed something like this, Jack, and uh, trying to get you to say, "Hey, hey, Jack, isn't this is kind of cool." Hey, you know, come, come on, not you, give me, how yeah, you give yeah. me like twenty bucks to this, right? Right? Versus, no, here, take it, just take it and start to experience it a little bit. and Go, hey, okay, that's, you know, I didn't think it was that big of a deal, but now I'm, it's a good point. That's uh, a good. Point. I'm kind of enjoying it. So same kind of thing. If you can start there and prove, hey, there's some value. To this product or service, it starts there. Okay, so that's a good starting point. If you haven't, you know, if you're trying to wrestle with, with with a startup or you're very early on, honestly, start just giving some of your stuff away to get people to, to to experience it and try it and see, and you'll get some good feedback. Part of our our early feedback, you know, with our coaching process was, you know, we had to kind of start to formalize it a little bit. We couldn't just keep just showing up and saying, okay, well, you know, hey, what do you need, Mr. or, or Miss Business Owner? We, you know, we can help you out. That was okay to kind of start early on, but we kind of had to have some way to kind of give them a little, a little more guidance to go from meeting one to meeting two to meeting five. How does this kind of roll out? Well we didn't know cuz we were we were new we were kind of making it up as we we're going along you know that's how we kind of do it we were trying to figure it out as we were going so same thing's true when you have a product or service you know, often maybe your first prototype or your first draft or your first your first cut of things it's it's not how it finishes it it, it starts to evolve and to get that what I call market feedback is yeah, very very important that's right so can you give it away so let's start there C- you know and if you can give it away okay now we got something to start to work with okay now how do i start to go from giving it away to say, okay, let me to kind somebody of charge pay for you the sale. Yeah,
0: that's right. Okay. And then, and then we'll keep moving on that track, and eventually determine how do you determine what you're going to charge or ask for that. How do you do that? How do you set selling price?
1: And you know, before we ha- ha- had to break here in a minute, Jack, I want to also say and, and state this. So we, it'll, we'll come back to it during the course of the show. Most folks are not comfortable talking about money.
0: Why do you think that is?
1: I think it may be ingrained in our heads, certainly here in, in the U.S. So I think maybe it's a little different in, in different parts of the world uh, where people are, are more used to maybe negotiating or haggling for prices. But I think here in the U.S. it's almost taught as being rude as a kid to ask somebody, well, hey, what do you make? Or how much does something cost? or I agree you know, hey, this must It's supposed to be expensive kind of thing, you know?
0: Yeah, I think you you culturally we, we don't we don't engage that way. But also I think... People tend to master personal finances to a degree of, of, you know, knowing how to spend, knowing how to budget, knowing if, if their credit card balances are high, they're going to back off a little bit. And they take their personal finance history when they go into business, because so many don't know what they don't know. And they try to run their business that same way, and it doesn't work once you get a little progression in your company, a little size and have some employees and deal with the regulations and everything else. So that becomes a big deal.
1: Yes, it does. So
0: I I think that keeps people somewhat on the We'll call it uncomfortable level because they don't know how to talk about money in a business setting.
1: All right, so stick around. When we come back. We'll start talking more about this in terms of how do you set your selling price. We'll give you some some food for thought before the break here. Again, if you haven't, you know, been able to give your product away, we start there. So stay tuned. We'll give you some more details. As we come back. I'm Adam Sonhalter and I'm Jack Mancini, and we are here tonight watching
0: rainbows and talking business.
1: Stay tuned for more dirty secrets of small business on Integrity Radio WINT 1330 AM 101.5 FM online at wintradio.com. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter.
0: And I'm Jack Mancini. And we are here just uh, having a nice summer night in Cleveland, Ohio. 7.45 7:35 P- 7.45 p.m., wow, time flies here. We're business coaches, and we're talking to owners primarily, that's who we'd like to direct this to, or would-be owners of small businesses, defined as 1 to 25 employees. We'd love to talk to you if you're an owner or if you're, you're pondering getting into a business. Uh, take your questions play around with them help you out that's what we do best as I say we're business coaches Adam and I've been together 15 years talking and solving problems for small businesses like you would not believe
1: that's right that'd be unbelievable unbelievable as they say that's correct Doug. so yeah we're here talking about it we'd love to have you be part of the show you're always welcome if you want to give us a call you can if you're listening to us live right now or listening to the podcast every wednesday from 7:30 to 8:30 p.m. eastern you can give us a call here in the studio that number is 440 440- 946 9468 It's easy to remember, right? 440-946-946-8. Four, four, that is good. So You've make been it...
0: saying it for a long time, though. So
1: That yeah, sticks my brain, but that repeat of the 946 makes it a little easier. So if you prefer to tweet at us, you can do that. We've got three different Twitter handles out there, one for our company, which is at <clears throat> MaximumVP. If you want to reach Jack directly, you can do that at Jack M, Maximum VP. I'm sorry, at Jack M, MVP, excuse me, at Jack M, MVP, or at Adam Sunhalter. And we can tweet right back at you. Or you can give us an email, radio at MaximumVP.com, or our website, MaximumVP.com forward slash how. Submit a little uh, form there to kind of get your how question on and respond to some stuff that we're talking about. So our how question. You know,
0: this is This is also streaming live. And as I look at the screen... I see my astute partner over here, Adam. Only only his head is missing. We can see his body because he's standing up. <laughs>
1: that's right. I'm the headless talking head. There you go, Jack. That's right. That's what we see here on Adam. <laughs> All right. So our, our how question today we've been talking about is how do I set my selling price? Or more appropriate, how do you set your selling price? Because that's usually a question Jack and I will ask when a client's frustrated over either launching a new product or service they can't get off the ground or maybe not making as much profit as they would like. And we touched a little bit on the first about it, a very simple question is, what well, can you give it away? So if you're first starting out, maybe you're launching a new product or service, Try just giving it away first to see is there some value there. And I'll give you some good feedback and be able to evolve and develop that product or service. But if you can give it away first. If we can do that, then it makes sense to go to the next step about determining how do I set my selling price. So I mentioned in the first segment here, Jack, that we were often like the the, the, the the host. Who's the host now? I think Steve Harvey's the host of Family Feud these days. But I'm, I'm a Richard Dawson guy myself. I remember him from, from, oh, yeah. from back in the I original remember, show. I
0: remember Richard Dawson.
1: Um, he was a lot of fun. Um, probably couldn't do a lot of things he's doing back then today, but hey, you know, he's, he was a lot of fun back in the 70s and 80s when I was growing up. So anyway, those have a top in yeah, Here are the top three, top five responses to, to that question, you know, wherever the question might be or, or, or topic might be. And so, what do you think, you know, for, for our listeners, you know, you know, what's, you know, there are a couple of, I'll say, top answers, but again, if all of a sudden I can give stuff away, I'm trying to determine how to set my selling price. What's the first thing I'm going to do as an owner, Jack? Well, it depends
0: on how astute that's the second time I use that word of an owner you are. But you have to in order to set a selling price, you have to understand your costs.
1: You know what that means? Okay, that's gonna be number three on our thing, right, Jack. I so got I got, I got, got. responses to that from five out of the hundred people that have said I'm basing it on my cost. Oh, you're or, saying what are they going to say? Yeah, that's uh, oh, oh, oh. So not okay. what they should do. It's All what right, they say they got to do. So, can I steal? Can I steal so or gonna, or you another gonna,
0: guess? They're going to, they're going to copy their competitors.
1: There you go, ding, ding, ding. All right, that's number, <laughs> number one answer. That's Sixty-seven right. people out of hundred respond that way. Hey, I look at what my competitors charge to see what I'm going to charge.
0: What a crazy way to to set your selling price. So, if your co- competitors going out of business. 'Cause his parking lot's full of cars you can assume he's he's making making profits, is that right? Is that right, Adam? Well it's
1: uh, or is he got I don't, they're, cash I don't in think the they're they're and, thinking in terms of profit jack. They're thinking, hey, this is what, what the market will sell it for or that the market's willing you know, to pay what, for, it, what right?
0: I'm saying he's in business. You're 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 just copying a, a perceived a perceived set of circumstances over there, you know. I mean if you're copying your competitor's
1: selling price so why is that bad? So you know, you're alluding to one answer, which is, okay, well, chances are if you set that as the price for yours, I'll be more direct with this. How do you know you're making money on it at that price? So I think that's what you're saying, Jack, right? That's Just because right. somebody else charging it, that's okay, well, it's great. So, well, he might be
0: charging that price, whatever it is, and losing money. Or if he is making profits, he, or unlikely, he's got his family work, or maybe he's got his family working for him. He's got a lot of costs that you don't have. So, if you set your selling price and can can basically get business at that higher price because your costs are lower, that's a wonderful thing. But right. we don't know that unless we see the record.
1: So, the reason number one why it's bad is you may not make money. You may not be able to make money at that because your cost structure may be different than his or hers. And all of a sudden, you may be losing money. Maybe you're selling your stuff, but you're, you're, your chances are you might lose money doing that. That's one. I think a second reason is you've just commoditized your product or service with your competitor down the road you just commoditized it why, why, why do I say that because all of a sudden you're saying hey whatever he or she is offering mine's basically the same or what maybe people often do is they look at what the competitor's charging and I'm going to charge a little bit lower, Jack. That's right. If you're charging ten bucks for years. I'm going to charge eight ninety nine for mine. That
0: happens a lot in right? the trades, Adam, doesn't it? Oh and yeah. Before you know it, the markets the market isn't wrecked because the demand is needed so so strongly for carpenters, plumbers, et cetera. But what happens is they they don't come in with a ton of capital, and all of a sudden they drop their price a little bit to get business, and before they know it they're losing money and don't know they're losing money, and all of a sudden. Hey, what happened to Pete? Oh, Pete That's went right. out of business last week. Yeah, he
1: got a job working for somebody else. Well, what happened? It seemed like he was so busy doing stuff. He's always so busy for the last couple of years. Well, yeah, he's busy losing money, right? Any, so any industry, you gave you a handful of examples, Jack, but basically any industry we could have, picture a couple of guys in a truck to do something, right? That's so it right. could be, again, carpenter, HVAC, plumbing, electrician. You yeah, know, we've got a lot of different industries that are out there that, that are like that. Hey, they have no overhead. They have no employee costs. They have a lot of things that uh, a little sizable company might have, these folks don't have. So they can go in charge at a, at a lower price. And what the, the the danger with commoditizing or, or underpricing stuff, unless you know your costs, come back to that for a second, You know, as you mentioned, Jack, the reason why folks like the Walmarts of the world can try to compete on price is they have a very down-to-the-penny what their costs are going to be, and they're constantly squeezing it and making it, more cost-effective that's right by squeezing their vendors their supply chain and everybody else to make sure that they're going to make money on stuff they know what their margins are so bad idea for those well, couple how does,
0: reasons how do these small business owners learn that adam
1: well they start to realize and that that's why this question will often come up as people aren't making as much money as they think they're hey i know i'm making money on my jobs jack but all of a sudden, I look at the at my numbers. Either, either I'm losing money, because because my cash balance is going down, or I'm looking at my 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 accountant's giving me, or, or my bookkeeper showing me my my books, and it shows that I have a loss. Or gee, I'm only keeping five cents on the dollar, but I'm really pricing my jobs where I, you know, I should be making more. Of that. You know what's happening here?
0: Well, so many, so many, and it depends on the industry. You know, we we realize there's uh, professional service industries and retail and. Uh, If we use an example of a a landscaper, uh, so many of them are going to set their selling price by taking their material costs
1: and marketing it up. Hold on, we'll get in that in a minute. You don't want to get into marketing up yet. We'll get that. That's that. It'll take us a little longer we're going to be, going to be up against the break here in a couple minutes. I want, okay. to, I want to delve into that. All so I want right. to reinforce, so that's our number one answer as far as where how people set their selling price when they're coming out there. It's going to be looking at their competition. And we say it's bad for a couple of big reasons. One is, you, chances are you may not be able to make as much or any profit at that price if you're kind of, you know, around or even below what your competition's charging. And two is you're commoditizing it. So all of a sudden you're just telling the market to, hey, shop on price only, that our product and service is the same as that person, that person. Okay, we're all basically the same, which usually is not the case. That's right. So how do you get that, you know, to build a difference? So that's, that's one. That's probably the, the top way. So we're saying 67 out of 100 are, are going to do it that way. Now, a second place is people are using some sort of a industry standard or a rule of thumb kind of they thing. Belong to an association, or yeah, no, I've heard about no. this. I talked to a buddy of mine. He says, "Hey, you always take this stuff, and you, mark, you know, and you take a multiple of three of this." Right? They'll pick some number. And say, you know, let's say you're a drywaller, right? All right, so whatever your, you know, the cost of your drywall and your mud's going to be, take that multiply multiply it by 3. That's up to cover all your costs for the job kind of thing. They'll pick some sort of standard like that that, that they've heard somewhere, maybe from multiple sources, maybe they read it somewhere, but yeah, maybe it's part of an industry association jack you know, like you're talking about, but also they're taking this again, some very it feels a little more scientific versus and it, just and going look at and my competition. It is,
0: it is, but it isn't scientific enough to really be meaningful. That's that's what happens. It, uh, yeah, but, so,
1: but, they, but this is, again, this is the, the, the number two answer that, that, that we'll hear. Okay. There'll be something like that going. And first of all, it's like, oh, I look at my competition. And usually they say it, and they can't say it with a straight face. Usually it's kind of a, a sheepish grin, like, well, I kind of looked at what the competitors are trying. I did some research online to see what these kind of things are going for. I think I can sell it for something a little bit Less and still make money, or ours is better, so we can charge a premium, whatever it might be. But it's that, or hey, we know, uh, I've been told by you know Uncle Joe since I was a little kid that all you got to do is charge you know three times this and you're ready to go. That's that's it. Yeah, you know, he's it's been, been the he's been doing forever. it for forty five years, Jack. So I mean, heck, working for him must right? be smart. Must be must be workable. Yeah. So that's so, what I'm going to do too. So that, that, that issue standard can be very can can be very uh again a little a, a little better. But can still be somewhat dangerous in terms of just applying that number to you know, some sort of a cost number that you have in terms of the cost of a job or some material cost, something like that, where it's, again, you're feeling a little better because you're doing a little bit of analysis, or a little bit of collections of your costs, um, but still not quite exactly where you want to be or it's going to get you the profits that you're looking to have for your company.
0: Well, if I don't know my profits, how do I judge my selling price? How do I do that?
1: You don't know your costs.
0: That's right. I don't know my profits either. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm
1: confused. Wait a minute.
0: If I don't don't know my costs, I
1: certainly don't know my profits. So so that's about, not quite, about 3 out of 10 will give us that answer. About 30% give us that answer, Jack. Okay. And the 5% or less or where you started out, you had that bottom answer number three, which is they'll go through a little detailed discussion. Hey, and they'll, they may even show us. They may pull out, here, here's my job costing sheet, Jack, and here they are going through point by point, and so here, here's what it's going to be. All right, they're going to show here, here are the 17 components to the, to the cost. Boy, wait, material. It's, more, this, it's more likely job cost sheet. What the heck is that? Well, they have some version of it. Again, it's more than I'm simply just applying a multiple. It's, like, again, I'm showing here's what my costs are going to be. And they have a sense of the material cost per job, labor cost per job, based on some data. Again, this is 5% or less. But They have... Have or are making an effort to really kind of gather five okay. percent or less. Okay. Okay. okay, I would okay, I would agree with that. So that's a that's a quick overview, and we're going to come back after a break here and delve a little more into it. well, how do we go about really doing it well? And the first half of the show here has been kind of what kind of not to do, or some tips about it, but you know what people are doing, but how to do it a little differently. So stay tuned. We come back. We'll talk more about that. I'm Adam Sunhalter, and I'm Jack Mancini, and again, we are here on this beautiful summer night in Willoughby, Ohio, talking business. Stay tuned. For more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 1015 FM, and online at WINTRadio.com. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sunhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. We
0: are business coaches with a company called Maximum Value Partners. And we coach owners of small companies, and that's defined as 1 to 25 employees, on how to get unstuck, unstuck from a state of how. There's so many how questions that you have every day that you've been pondering and and working with in your company. And you're looking for the solutions, but you really don't know how to get the answers. Certainly not get the answers in a timely fashion. That's what we help people do. Yes, what do you think? We, yes,
1: we do. And we focus on the how questions of how to make those things start to happen. And you're always welcome to be part of the show. You can get us live here every Wednesday from 7.30 to 8.30 p.m. Eastern. So if you're listening live, you can call in. If you're listening to the podcast, and you can get a chance. You're not, you are not. Know, you can give us a call still Wednesdays from 7.30 to 8.30 p.m. Eastern. The number in the studio, 440-946-9468. Again, 440-946-9468. You can tweet at us at maximumvp that's our company twitter handle for jack you can get him at @jackm_mvp, and for me you can get me at at adam sonhalter we also are taking emails all the time it's radio at maximumvp.com or you can go to our website maximumvp.com forward slash how and fill out the form there with your how question or respond to things we've been talking about and so Today's topic, our how question has been, how do I set my selling price? Mm-hmm. So how do you do that? And so we, we've we gone through the first half of the program today and kind of giving you some background on this and what some of the more, more popular ways are to kind of do it. And so we were just touching on that last time. For the they're last the popular segment. ways, but they're not necessarily the right ways. Well, we finished up with the third, uh, you know, the kind of out of the top through the third one, which is kind of getting in the right direction where somebody's kind of laying out their costs and really understanding their costs. And... You know, we're amazed how people set selling prices and, and stay in business without really understanding their costs. And so that's one thing that we we often will do. So I was painting a picture of, you know, of a client sitting down with us and literally going through a kind of a, a job costing sheet to a certain extent, or at least, at least laying out, here's all their costs, right? I'm going come back to something that they touched on in the last segment, Jack, that kind of held off until now, which I think is a perfect time to talk about it. But we look at the thing often, and people will say, well, yeah, I've got this, and so then I priced it so I get a margin of, you know thirty seven percent right so I take those costs I multiply by thirty seven percent get my thirty seven percent margin jack works out great, but somehow mm-hmm. it's not not quite getting me a thirty seven percent margin i'm not, I'm not quite sure but yeah that's that's how I do it so I make sure that that my margin is thirty seven percent take my costs multiply by one point three seven I'm good to go right
0: yeah that's how it should work right that's what I learned in the seventh grade when i was it was uh Taking arithmetic, <laughs> arithmetic. <laughs> Wait a at, minute, at Saint Vincent's School. That's right.
1: What is the, what's what's the, what's arithmetic? That's that's right. Those are the three R's: reading, writing, and arithmetic. That's right. right.
0: That's right. All right. That's what it was called. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's a great word. That's a great spelling word too for people that to spell arithmetic. That's a pretty hard. A pretty hard word to spell. It is. But that's uh, it's a numbers thing and not a, not a spelling thing. <laughs> you can do the numbers. So. And we're we're joking because this is a common challenge, okay? And so, if you're out there listening, please understand that there is tremendous, tremendous confusion between margin and markup. Margin and markup. That's right. People use it interchangeably, and they're they're dead wrong. So the example that Jack and I were just kind of going back and forth with a little bit about that person laying out all the costs and then, you know, one of the 37% margins, they multiply by 1.37 to get that 37% margin. So they take their costs. First of all,
0: assembling your costs is is a challenge and project in and of itself. But we'll assume for sake of this discussion that you have identified your costs. And now you want to set a selling price to recoup those costs. Plus a profit. That's what you're doing here. So that's what Adam's teeing up here and setting up. He's he's saying, okay, you got your costs. Now you want this desired profit. So how do you how do you calculate that? How do our how do so many of our clients when we first meet them calculate that? Adam, go over that well, again. Be,
1: yeah. So let's say, I have all my costs. I'm going to apply my margin that I want. I'll just multiply it. So let me give you. Let's keep the keep the math simple, right? Let's say it's a fifty percent margin, Jack. Okay.
0: So I want to get. After, say, I want to get all my costs recouped plus have a 50% profit. Right.
1: So let's say all my costs are 100 bucks. Keep the okay. math real simple for okay. the arithmetic out there, right? All right. So I have 100 bucks in costs. All my costs are there, and we've gone through it. Hey, you've got all your costs there, Jack. It's, you know, it's looking good. We've got them all there. So say I want a 50% margin. So, so when I multiply by 1.5,
0: right? Okay. So I'll take my costs and multiply those costs times 1.5. And the answer should be I'm I'm thinking ahead here. It should be hundred and fifty percent and I should have my profit that I desired here. Right? Is that how that works? Is that how it works? So my, my selling price is a buck fifty?
1: Right. <laughs> What's my margin? So my profit well my profit's fifty bucks on that, right? Mm-hmm. So, my costs are 100, my price is 150, right? Okay. All right, so the way I calculate margin is I take my gross profit, right? So, if I take my 150 selling price minus 100 of costs, I'm left with $50 of profit, of gross profit, right? Okay. So, if I do that math, if I take 50, my gross profit, divided by my price, 150, so 50 divided by 150.
0: What is that? What is that answer? It's 33%. 33%. Wait a minute, though. I'm trying to get 50%, because right. that's, that's going to recover my cost of 100 plus, give me enough to make a profit that, that I desire. And you're telling me that if I go through what I've been going through, that I'm only getting
1: 33%?
0: Christ, no wonder I'm not making any profit.
1: That's right. Or not enough. So, the so what exa- do I got to
0: do again, uh, Adam?
1: Okay, so, that's a, so the example we just gave is doing, doing a markup to get in the markup confused with the margin. So if I want to get a true margin, instead oh, of multiplying, yeah, instead of multiplying by one plus the desired margin, I needed to divide by one minus the desired margin.
0: So many people don't get that. <coughs>
1: me. So like in a case like this, so what I would do is I would take my hundred instead of multiplying by 1.5, which is 1 plus the desired margin, I would divide it by 1 minus the desired margin. So I divide it by 0.5. If I get that, then also my selling price is not 150, it's actually 200. To
0: get the right margin that you're looking for.
1: So now if I take my $200 selling price minus my $100 in costs, I have $100 profit. Mm -hmm. All right? 100 divided by 200 is 50%. That's right. Right? Okay. So let me try that again. Let me, let me use a different number just to make my point, because the 50 can get maybe a little bit confusing at Okay. Times. Let's say I want to be very well, you modest. Aren't con- you weren't confused there, so yeah. Let me be a little modest here. that's This is going to be 10% margin, right? So again, same $100 cost. If I do it times the 1.1, that's I get 110, 1.10. It's 100, $110, right?
0: Right. That's the selling price. Right. So on multiplying, multiplying your cost
1: times... One plus the desired margin, Correct. so one hundred ten percent, right? Right. So my profit on that's going to be ten dollars, right? So one ten you know, 110 minus hundred is ten dollars. So if I take that profit of ten divided by my selling price of one ten, I get a margin of nine percent. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Versus, again, we said instead of doing one, you know, instead of taking our cost times the one plus a margin, I take the cost divided by one minus the margin. So, one minus 10% margin, that's 0.9, right? So, if I take 100 and do divide by 0.9, I get a selling price of $111.11. Okay. All right. So, that'll
0: give you my 10%
1: margin. Correct. All right. Okay. So, I have that profit of $11.11. If I divide that by, you know, $111.11, I get my 10% margin. So, this is this be a part again, if you listen to it live, I, I would request maybe you kinda of go back and listen to this part of the podcast again. Because and, and do the do the math. Stop, pause, kinda of do the math. Our experience at least thirty five to forty percent of the people that we deal with are confusing this. Maybe it's higher, maybe I'd be a little conservative there, Jack, but maybe it's even closer to half. Where they think they're doing it. With with margin, but they're really using a markup, and they're really squeezing their margins. Okay, so the example we gave, right? You know, was fifty percent, which is probably more where people are thinking about, right? Instead of being fifty percent, it winds up being thirty three percent. That's seventeen percent lower than you think. Okay, <laughs> when we're doing the ten percent, it's only goes from ten to nine. It's one percent difference, maybe not as big, right? But seventeen percentage points are given away. That's, you know, again, for every dollar, that's, a lot that's seventeen of money. cents are given away. You know, talking numbers like this can get very confusing
0: and and to a lot of people very boring, but yet this is a very powerful subject. Setting your selling price is key to ongoing success in your company. Uh, you know, without a, a good system to do that, without a knowledge-based approach to it, you're giving dollars away, leaving dollars on the table, you know, you're doing many wrong things. That's one big contributor to why so many small businesses end up going out of business after a few years, because they aren't making profits, and they aren't making profits because they don't understand their costs, and then even more importantly, they don't know how to recover their costs through their selling price. So that puts them in a, a pretty difficult situation, that's for sure.
1: It certainly does, and uh, you know, I think we naively assume, Jack, that, that most folks had a handle on this. It wasn't until a couple of years in we started kind of, you know, this started popping up because we, we, you know, we kind of almost looked past it. And I think maybe maybe we assumed that maybe that their, their CPAs were helping them with this or somebody internally was doing it or people just kind of had to figure it out. And we sort of realized this is a bigger problem or, you know than we, than we originally thought about it. And we discovered most CPAs aren't spending any time on something like this at all. That's right. They aren't aren't really helping them from that standpoint to understand either the costs or if they are to help them actually set the selling price to make sure that that their margin is going to be there. But it's a key thing. So if you're one of the people that that are doing that, make sure you have a good sense of markup versus margin. All right, stay tuned. We come back and we're going to wrap up this, uh, this show talking about setting your selling price. I'm Adam Sunhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini.
0: We are business coaches with maximum value partners. We help owners of small companies get unstuck. From the state of Hall.
1: Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 1015 FM, and online at WINTradio.com. I get up around seven, get out
0: of bed around
1: Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini.
0: We are business coaches with with Maximum Value Partners MVP. We deal with small companies defined as 1 to 25 employees. And we have a good time doing this stuff. And we've been very successful because our clients are made successful. So we're talking about selling price and how strategic it is, how important it is, and yet how grossly misunderstood it is because of the lack of knowledge by most small business owners to understand their costs and then to work up those costs to establish a selling price.
1: So, what do you think, Adam? Sorry, we're trying to cover and, and frame this, and it's a it's a difficult topic to frame in only an hour. And we have a lot of our clients we coach through this and, and talk about it ad nauseum. Okay, certainly over a few sessions or you know several hours and, and things in between. So we're trying to cover it and trying to keep it at a high enough level, but to give some examples of what's kind of going on to to help you recognize the chances are, as you're going about setting your selling price, maybe you're one of those five percent or less that's actually doing it the right way. But chances are we know you're probably in that 95% that's maybe doing it not quite the right way. There's some room for improvement there. That's part of what we're trying to do today is kind of give you some some di- different tips or ways to think about it. But as silly as it might sound or maybe as counterintuitive as it might sound, the best place to start is where Jack was starting early on in the show. If you're going to start with the selling price, you've got to start with your costs and understanding your costs.
0: So, Adam, tell me, do uh, do law firms set selling price the same way that plumbers do, who set the selling price the same way that a jewelry shop would do, who set selling price the same way that uh, a, a, a professional service company other than law they all, do they all set selling price the same way?
1: Are you asking me? A manufacturing
0: company? You know, a manufacturing company, is, is it set at selling price the same way that a jewelry store would?
1: Are you asking me, should they, Jack, or do they in reality? Because knowing if they were listening to earlier in the podcast to our Family Feud part of the episode, you know that two-thirds of them are setting it the same way. They shouldn't be, but they are.
0: Well, I'm, I'm talking about does a, a law firm go through the same process that a manufacturer goes through? To set their selling price
1: or assemble their costs, they should, to a certain extent, yes. There's little, there's there's fewer components when it comes to that, but yeah, they they should be looking at those things. Well, manufacturer would would assemble its
0: its material, labor, and overhead, all could be complex in their own right, and that then defines their cost at a higher level on the profit and loss statement called the gross profit, and that's much different than. Than a professional service company because they don't have material, they have labor and they have overhead. So how do they assemble their costs? They're all different. They they use the same basic terminology and the same concept, but they have different approaches because they're different kinds of companies that produce a different product. So you have to understand those differences. And. Those differences, those differences, if they aren't known and they're advised inappropriately, your costs are going to be wrong. And if you go to mark up those costs to get a desired margin, that isn't going to happen either. So there can be a lot of confusion. And again, I'll use the, 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 uh, the fact that so many small businesses don't make it because in this area of cost, and price, cost analysis and price setting, they have no idea what they're doing none and unless they have a good business coach they're going to be in trouble
1: so they got to be adamant about trying to gather the cost and be aware of it i say there's a lot of similarities to it so if you make the 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 the, the comparison if i'm looking at a a professional service firm like a law firm there are machines with the lawyers so the folks are doing the work paralegals whoever it might be okay and they often will track hours much like a manufacturer is tracking machine hours, right? So the tracking hours of different machines. machines or, or the
0: manufacturer will be tracking widgets. How many widgets did I make? And uh, the. The law firm is really selling hours, where the manufacturer is selling widgets, and yeah. they got to be manufactured those widgets.
1: Yeah, it's how, Well, it depends what's going on. It's how many reports can I produce if I'm if I'm pulling together documents? You know, if I'm pulling together a purchase agreement versus I'm pulling together this or that. But, yeah, but at the end of the day, that's what, one of the things that, that becomes troublesome is they get so focused on the hours, and it's uh, not necessarily the best way to price the value of what their products or services are. Right. That's right. You got to methodically. Systematically
0: categorize these these costs, and then from there you determine how to best mark those up to get to your desired profitability margin. You know, we were at a great restaurant, Dino's 2. We love that place over three. in oh, Dino's three. 3. Oh, I, I, sorry about That's that. That's all right. <laughs> they know who they are. <laughs> yeah, okay, they do. They know who they are. We do too. We didn't go to Dino's 2, we went to Dino's 3. But how do they determine their costs and markup? You get a menu; it looks all neat and tidy, and there's prices for, you know, uh, uh, spaghetti and meatballs and veal parmesan. How do they? How do they determine those prices? That's not an easy job, and they've been around for a long time, so they must be doing something right. So okay. it's it's not easy. That's that's for starters and you have to have a system to do it and that system is modified somewhat material labor overhead that's what we're after to determine cost of your cost of manufacturing cost of processing your product that's what you're doing we got to get that we got to get that set first and then once we get that, we can determine margins and markup.
1: Right. So the costs are important to get to get your hands around. So get those costs all pulled together. And as Jack's saying, maybe try to categorize them between ones that are directly related to your product or service. So if you picture that plate of food Jack was talking about. Everybody's probably getting hungry in the audience, Jack. You look at that plate of food. And you look at what the costs are of all that food on there. So the veal's got a certain cost, too. The tomato sauce, the cheese, the pasta that goes with it, Right. Um, there's also a cost of the, of the labor to, to deliver that and, pr- and prepare that. So you get that cost kind of boiled down. So okay, here's everything it takes to get that thing put onto, put onto the table for somebody. And then you say, okay, now let's say that's $5, whatever it's going to be. I, I have a cost there. What kind of margin do I want? Come back to our discussion from the, from the prior segment. You have a desired margin. If you have an idea what that margin should be, that's going to cover some other stuff. Like hey, I've got rent, or I've got, or I've got a mortgage here. I've got utility bills. I've got insurance to do this kind of stuff. I got to pay some professional fees to my CPA to do my taxes. I have, I have certain costs that are going to be there that I want to be able to cover, and 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 chip away at with each plate of veal parmesan that i that's right. that i serve right and so if you have a good sense of what the margin needs to be on that direct cost and see if that's enough to cover now, now how many plates of veal parmesan do i have to sell versus spaghetti and meatballs versus how many desserts or bottles of wine or whatever it might be you start to analyze that and kind of know and here's my best guess and you start to be able to track that and know that hey if i get x number of bodies in here every night buying this kind of a mix i know i'm gonna be able to make money and have the margin that, that I want to be able to not only pay everybody who's part of this, including my vendors and and my suppliers and my and my my employees, but also have enough to put in my pocket at the end of the week or the end of the month or the end of the year in terms of profit and being in the area of what I'm expecting it to be. So I'm not just doing all this work for almost nothing, which is where a lot of owners tend to be. That's right. They tend to pay themselves last, and a lot of it's because they haven't gone through this analysis. And so to your point, Jack, it can be very difficult to maybe do it on your own, especially if this is the first time going about doing it. It can be difficult to get a self-help book to kind of do this. It can be difficult to go find a YouTube video to kind of do this. It's often helpful to have somebody that can sit with you and kind of go through it because it's very different when it's your own company. And to have somebody who's done it before to kind of hold your hand through the process to help you make sure that you've got it there and see how you're doing. And maybe that competitor price that you were doing it with originally might be maybe it wound up being okay. Maybe you got lucky that it was a good competitor to kind of look for, or that rule of thumb or industry standard that that, that, that you had from from Uncle Joe from, from forty five years ago, you know, actually worked out okay, right? But chances are it probably is not going to be. Or maybe you are getting confused between your markup and your margin. Well, so, so many
0: so many people Adam, aren't knowledgeable about cost accounting to begin with. You know, to get a degree in accounting, you only take. The, have to take, it may be a semester now or a year now, but it used to be a semester. And that's people with a degree. Nobody ever, ever in the entire history of accounting throughout the entire United States since colleges were born has ever taken an elective of cost accounting. So people don't know it. People don't understand it.
1: Jack's speaking from experience there. He's back near some of the founding of the colleges back in the day. That's, that's right. Back in the, back in the one room's <laughs> one rooms When we were schools, doing right? arithmetic on cost accounting. <laughs> I, the
0: I was the only guy in the class.
1: <laughs> on the stone tablets with abacuses, yes. So he's speaking from a, a place of authority here, folks. Okay, um, he knows what the hell he's talking about. That's, that's, that's right.
0: <laughs> so you, it's very hard to find somebody who can engage with a serious discussion about cost accounting. So if we don't know our costs, how can we set our selling price? That's what we were talking about today. We've got to continue this talk, Adam. Well, that's
1: all right. As like I said, it was very difficult, as I said here earlier, that to cover this at just the, the hour that we have for today, and we're kind of up against it now for the end of our show. But it's an important thing. And, again, start pulling together some of these costs. Be very adamant. Be very uh, diligent about getting your costs together to see and get some help. Again, you don't need somebody to come in for for years, but to get somebody to come in for a little bit to give another set of eyes, who's who's got some experience in looking at some of these numbers, to help make sense of this stuff, to make sure you're pricing your things well. At that point, then you try to see what the, the desired margin is, and then yeah, the data you've gathered between maybe the the the, the competitors, what they're doing, you, you can see maybe you realize that what you need to charge, you can't you can't charge for it. That's good to know, at least. It's better to know That's now right. versus a, discovering over the next several years as you start to go out of business from losing money. So, so bring that, somebody that in to get some help with that. another
0: challenge, right? That's right. So you can either reduce your costs
1: because you need a certain profit target or you have to market differently. But anyway. All right. Well, we're up against, like I said, but we want to thank you for joining us on, on, on this week's edition of Dirty Secrets of Small Business. You're invited to tune in every Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Any questions ahead of time, please uh, email us, radio at com. Give us a phone call, 877-849-0670, or hit us up on Twitter, at MaximumVP, at JackMVP, or at Adam Sunhalter.
0: Okay. Uh, again, we've used the term or description of our company many times we're maximum value partners we are business coaches that help owners of small businesses get unstuck from a state of how we've had a lot of success with them if they stay with us and most of them do they stay with us for years because they grow and they get
1: all excited as we do about how good their business works learn more dirty secrets of small business next Wednesday 7.30pm hey thanks for listening on Integrity Radio WINT 1330 AM 101.5 101.5 FM and online at wintradio.com The old man died